Welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I am your host, Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast where we have a lot to discuss in the world of pro and collegiate football. Sean Sullivan, the Yahoo Sports College Football Inquirer podcast producer, joins me and my good buddy Sully to talk about Rivalry Week. We pick some games. We talk about Dan Mullins firing, the coaching carousel, the playoff rankings, a lot of college football breakdown with Sully. And then Joe Crisali calls in to talk about the NFL. My Browns are just scraping by. Uh, we talk about the Bucks, the Patriots rising, a lot of different NFL storylines and subplots, and then some hockey talk with his rising Rangers, the Oilers and Connor McDavid electrifying out west, and all the hockey subplots, subplots that are getting going to the start of this season. It's Sean Sullivan and Joe Crisali on this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now on the Money Mitch Effect, Sean Sullivan's here. We're Rivalry Week, college football. Sully, uh, glad to have you as always. But the first question is, how, how did we get here so fast? Last regular Dude! season. Dude! I know. I feel like this, it gets quicker and quicker every year. But this one, man, that flew by. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I've loved this season. It's been a rock, rocket of a roller coaster ride. And uh, I, I have no doubt that this end of the season, this rivalry week is going to be wacky as all get out. So I'm pumped to talk about it. Yeah, it's bittersweet, obviously. It starts with the Thursday night's uh, Thanksgiving Egg Bowl and uh, it goes on Friday and Saturday. So many good games, so much to play for. Um, before mm-hmm. we get to the playoff rankings, uh, I'm going to give you a moment to uh, just smile a little more because uh, Florida did fire Dan Mullen, which just shows you how fast that this – can go i mean three new year's six bowls he has a terrible year terrible recruiting class and he's out that firing sully your thoughts on it and also i mean that's i think job 13 that's opened up already setting us up for a crazy coaching carousel in the offseason no doubt it's going to be the best coaching carousel i think we've ever seen and i was i was saying on the college football inquirer earlier this week that it, it's, it's crazy that Tennessee's not even involved in this insane coaching search right like it, it's, it's 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 a coaching search that's built for a, a Twitter mob, you know, like it's, it's just going to be absolutely wild. But yeah, it's the fact that you got USC, LSU, maybe even Texas, Florida's now jumped into it. And Dan Mullen for sure is, is talk about just a perfect scenario of how quickly things can turn. Because a couple of months ago, we were about to anoint him as the next great thing in the SEC after they damn near beat Alabama. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's how quickly the drop of a hat yeah. things can change and yeah I, I think it was it's it's an okay move i'm not exactly un, unbiasedly because obviously yeah. <laughs> um my, my my friends down in florida aren't my favorite but they i, I honestly think you said you give him another year this guy well, developed develops quarterbacks uh-huh. didn't quite have the quarterback he got the quarterback wrong and that that's huge in his, in in any Dan Mullen scheme. Look look what he did with Dak Prescott versus without Dak Prescott. Obviously, there's not many Dak Prescotts growing around on trees, but I, I I just feel like you give him one more year, and if he starts stinking it up again next year, then you pull the trigger because this is a coaching carousel that is going to be really tough, and there aren't that many names out there, and somebody's going to get stuck when when the music stops, and they're going to fall on their ass. Yeah, and it might be know? and it might be USC who thought they were going to get out in front of it with a two-game firing, and now they're just one yeah. of 13 teams that needs a coach. It's funny how that works, but uh, right. to, to get to Mullen for a second, I, I understand where you're 
where you're coming from, and, and I agree to a point. But and look, I know how this business is. It's brutal, and it seems pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy that a guy can mm-hmm. have three good years and be fired. I think the recruiting side is what did him in. It's not just this current losing yep. streak, but he's blatantly said he doesn't really care about doing it in season, which you cannot have that attitude in any conference, let alone the SEC. Right, and I think, and saw, I think that was I, a little bit overplayed. Yeah, but I think they saw overplayed. where the class was, and they almost thought that this is the Florida rationale, I would think, is that they're looking at it like, you know, this year's a wash and next year doesn't look like it's going to be any better. So we're basically sacrificing two years. And and the thing is, too, I mean, we can d- disagree with this or agree with this all we want, but they and Florida is kind of known for this. You know, they like to get out in front of this stuff. And other programs, maybe even your own Tennessee team, you would have that complaint yep. of they should have pulled the trigger quicker. If you're going to make a 100%. move, just ripping the Band-Aid off might not be the worst way to do it. Yeah, and, and you got a guy in charge, and uh, Scott Strickland, that's, that's a really good AD. Um, and he's, I, I trust him to make a great move and a great hire. And whoever they get, and it's going to be one of the bell of the balls, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> and because you got a guy in Mike Bone that might be searching, might be big game hunting for, for a, a Luke Fickle that he's worked with, might be, might, USC and Florida, like that's kind of insane. Like all three it's jobs insane. open up in the same off season. Like it's Scott it's Woodward is, mm. is is a big game hunter too as well. Mm. You know, like he he's he's going to be looking for for a big name. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't discount uh, Florida at all and their ability to go out and get people um, because it, it's one of the it's a top ten job. Period. Yeah. That's three top ten jobs, but. With if I'm a if I'm a big time coach and I'm looking at LSU, I'm looking at USC, I'm looking at Florida. I'm going to give Florida a long hard look, and I might put them two behind USC as far as jobs in this in this cycle because Miami and Florida State are down. And yeah. you if if, if you, you know. get one recruiting class in there that's going to put up a fence around Florida, you can get that thing going real quick. I might put them one because of that over USC, and I know the USC thing is tempting. There's been mm-hmm. much more recent success in Florida. You mentioned it. Miami and Florida State are down, and you don't have to play Alabama you know, every right. single year. So that's part of it, exactly. too. I uh, should also mention James Franklin signed that big deal, so he's not a huge uh, – he's not a name that's available. So there's one less mm-hmm. – uh, interesting decision by him. I, I understand job security. I certainly do. Um, and maybe the safer, smarter move. You know, I think we, we sometimes look at coaches like, oh, it's time to move on, go to the next job. It's okay to also just take the big payout and just say, I'm good where I'm at. I'm pushing my chips in. Yeah, like there's there's a Brian Kelly uh, little rumors going around. And, and that that's a guy that I feel like is, is – built that thing and is, yeah. is comfortable where he's at. I know. Like it's, you know? it's why would he leave now? Like this is the one, this is the time where it's he's got it rolling. It. Yeah. Yeah. And his age too, as well. I know there's still a lot of coaching left, but uh, we will have to see. Uh, all right. So the playoff rankings came out. No surprises based on yep. last weekend's results. Uh, maybe you can argue the Ohio state, Alabama two, three ranking, but be that as it may, both those teams are going to have a chance. Georgia clear number one. Cincinnati into the top four. You've got your uh, yeah. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma still in the mix. So I'll just ask you like this, Sully. Is there a scenario now where you see Cincinnati not making it? Aside from yeah. them obviously losing. Like, obviously, if they lose, they're out. But, like, is there a scenario where if they went out that they still don't get in? 
Absolutely. I could see, you know, Ohio State, Michigan are going to take care of themselves. So that that's one. Um, and we're assuming we're, they're going to win the Big Ten. We're assuming Ohio State, Michigan right. also wins the Big Ten, which isn't, isn't 100% lock, but probably will happen. Probably, yeah. I mean, unless Wisconsin's looked better as of late, but I, I don't see them being in one of those both, things. Yeah. Right, right, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I see that Oklahoma State team lurking. I, I think if you're – a if you're a Cincinnati fan out there, you're hoping the Big 12 beats the crap out of each other. Whether it's Oklahoma State wins this weekend and then Oklahoma wins the Big 12 title game, or Baylor wins in the Big 12 title game, or vice versa, like it, it's got to be you need a blood Big 12 bloodbath because I, I could see an Oklahoma team beating Oklahoma this weekend, beating a number eight Baylor, and then having two top ten wins, two top ten wins in a, in a short period of time leapfrogging them now is it going to happen i I don't know but i would be nervous if i'm a bearcat i think it's going to take style points too because i think the big 12 isn't you know doesn't have that equity built up so i think it is possible for oklahoma state even oklahoma to a degree if they went out but both but whoever Mm -hmm. does it is going to have to do it with style points and the odds of it happening you mentioned too i mean so oklahoma state has to win the bedroom rivalry and then win the big 12 title game very well could happen but you know, we're not. I just think Cincinnati is clearly in the driver's seat right now. It, it, the the deck has opened up for them with Oregon getting pumped, and you mm-hmm. know, and then we're also not counting. I mean, Alabama has to beat Georgia, so there's a scenario yeah. where both Cincinnati and Oklahoma State or Oklahoma are both in. So, um, you know, it's yep. uh, there's still some debates to be to be made as well. So uh, Notre Dame also not out of it as well. I mean, they're going to need some help, but they're still in the mix with just the one loss to a team that's in the playoffs. Would you take Notre Dame or Oklahoma State if if things go the way we think? If they go chalk and Ooh. Georgia see, beats I, Alabama? And... I hate to play the style point thing, but I've got to see how these games go, you know? If Oklahoma yeah. State, like, shuts down Oklahoma, then I'd take that, you know? Like, if we're mm-hmm. – because that – this. I mean, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to this whole thing. And, you know, Notre Dame's loss in that Cincinnati game was in large part due to the quarterback situation that they didn't have a full healthy team. So, uh, Right. And and, it, and it's arguably the one of the better losses in the country right now, if, yeah. if there is such a thing. You know, so it's, yeah, you it's, can't really knock them too much for it. Before we get to the games, though, it's crazy, though, that if Michigan wouldn't have blown that game to Michigan State, we'd be looking at a at Michigan who could almost have this locked up without having to win this game, you know? Like, right. if they were undefeated they right could now, lose. they'd be number two in the country, and they could lose and still have a have a path to four, you know? Yep, and and, and let, let Ohio State go, go beat each other up with Wisconsin and just sit there and say, all right, we're in. Yeah, we would, one of these years we are going to, I mean, one of these years it's going to be, I mean, we'll see what happens with expansion, but we're going to have a top four that's like a Big Ten SEC Invitational. I feel like it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, it absolutely will happen. Yeah, it'll happen before the, and that's, that's, and that's why all these power, and that's why the rest of the Power Five needs to be run into a 12-team playoff. Let's stop with all the, the, the political BS here, and let's just, let's just get it done, yeah. you know, because that, that, that's, that's what's best for everybody. Well, you know why? You know if if what's holding this up is the conference realignment, like figuring that out first, and then um, you know, which I understand because Texas and and Oklahoma kind of decided to throw a wrench into this whole grand plan. (laughs) Yeah, but regardless, you got to get it. I honestly think it's the Big Twelve should want it even more now because now they have zero chance, you know, to to put somebody in. They 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 barely have a chance right now. I. I know. Two, two it, one loss teams. I mean, 
Yeah, think about it this Yeah, when Oklahoma and Texas lose, I mean, Oklahoma State's had this great year, but they need to beat Oklahoma to get in. They're not going to have that chance mm-hmm. in a couple years. So no, that's, why this is, that's why it's important, as much as they hate each other, mm-hmm. to have them in the conference. All right, Sean Sullivan, Money Mitch Effect, let's pick some games. Let's Last do it. regular season slate to do this, starting with that Thanksgiving night. Egg Bowl, a team that we don't really – a team that we could share with Mississippi State. Um, there was yep. some, some unpredictability with them. Ole Miss – Goes into Starkville. The lines actually flipped. Mississippi State is a one and a half point favorite, but we kind of just—I think—we both just throw our hands up at this game and say it's a rivalry. Tough to have a read. Yeah, and I, I, money's coming in on Ole Miss. I feel like that that spread's going to flip a little bit. Um, so if, if you're on the state side, get it quick. Uh, I, I like Rogers. I, I think he's a hell of a quarterback. I think he's settled in in this Mississippi State. Um, offense and they they've looked good. They looked good the past few weeks, um, and they they beat the breaks off of Auburn after being down. That was impressive. Obviously, Auburn goes and lays an egg in South Carolina. It doesn't look the shine's a little bit off of that win. Um, close loss against Arkansas on the road, beat Kentucky, and then obviously Vanderbilt's nobody. So, but but Mississippi State's playing well as of late. Yeah, they are. Um, and on the flip side, Ole Miss like mm, against Vanderbilt. Good win against A&M at home. Offense isn't Liberty's really, offense isn't really doing it like they used to, you know? I think that's part no, of it. No, they have slowed down recently, and, and Mississippi State's offense is really starting to click. 55, 43, uh, 28, 31, 45 versus, yeah, a, a little bit less than that. So I'm staying away, um, but I think actually uh, yeah. un, under 63.5 might actually work because I feel like these rivalry games could turn into a rock fight late, you know? Like we Yo, just assume points, could. and then they just kind of. I uh, I'm expecting a good game. By the way, also Fresno San Jose play on Thanksgiving, also in the middle of the day, and that's probably going to be better than any NFL game. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's a great game. That's, I don't I don't even know what the rivalry that, that should be. They should have, they should play for like a, a some wild trophy, you know, like a. A, a giant golden statue of a of a freaking potato or something. Yeah, some sort of know. vegetable. Some yeah, something. Some, some like celery stick or something. You know. Yeah, some <laughs> a giant almond. <laughs> some almond milk because it's a California yeah. battle. <laughs> something some gluten free or vegan. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, vegan, vegan. Fresno sure. seven and a half point favorite. I actually think that's going to be close than that. Uh, and then of course you know our our first game that we were looking at the 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 final. Action, action for us. Ohio yes. taking on Bowling Green. We like the Bobcats here for your degenerate special. That's right. Uh, 80% of the bets, 75% of the handle coming in on the Bobcats. And, and Pam Maldonado, who you, you spoke to mm-hmm. on your podcast, she, she's on, uh, she's been on the podcast, or she's been on the Bobcats all season, been riding them for, I think, three, four weeks now. And she's doing pretty well. So I, I if, when when Pam likes the Bobcats, I'm I'm tend to tend to lean that way as well. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think Ohio is having a pretty good season and it's matching, so you can sprinkle a little bit on that. But uh, you know, we get to mm-hmm. Saturday and or we get to Friday. Excuse me, Friday early, also at that same time slot. One of yes. our favorite bets of the weekend is got to be fading the Longhorns, going horns down one more time because anytime you can get Texas laying points <laughs> against Kansas State, yeah. I think you got to go the other way. The latest I see this line, I mean, it's been it's been down a little bit, but it's Texas minus three. Yep. Mm. Like Kansas State in this well, I, 
where what are the odds makers seeing in this game? Texas has, has hasn't lost, hasn't won since the the the, the monkey. There's got to be blind like Texas monk- betters, and that's what we're calling it. The monkey has to be. I love it. <laughs> Since, well, since since the the since Monkeygate happened, they have not won a game. You and think Kansas Sark, State you think has Sark, pretty good? You think Sark could be one and done? They could be. Wow, he absolutely oh, could be. Man, you lose to Kansas State this week, seven seven straight losses. And that loss to Kansas was full blown embarrassing. Like everything about that was embarrassing. I uh yeah that <laughs> yeah uh, I just I know Kansas State hasn't had the greatest year. Um, Offensively, it's it's still pretty boring, but uh, yeah, why why not? I mean, anybody can move the ball on this Texas team these last four or five weeks. So, give me K State right. to eat up time of possession, and uh, I would say money line if you're feeling froggy, but just take the points, get that field goal, play it safe. Yep, if they're giving you points, just absolutely take it all day, every day. They looked okay against Baylor last week, but you know, a nice win against West Virginia the week before. They beat the brakes off of a Kansas team that obviously Texas couldn't beat at home. Yeah, give me give me K State. Uh, more Friday action. Weird one for me to look at. Iowa's nudged out in front in their rivalry against Nebraska to minus one and a half, and the over under sits at a brisk forty one and a half. Yep, and uh, I got I I went with Nebraska on the podcast as my lock of the week earlier this week. Not necessarily for anything on the game. But there is a man that passed, a Cornhusker fan. Oh, my God, I saw that. That was amazing. He asked for people to make a bet. He asked for people to make a bet on them. (laughs) A a large bet uh, on the Cornhuskers to beat uh, uh, beat Iowa. And I I, I jumped on the bandwagon. You know, when you you got a man that's that's, uh, probably, you know, crossing the pearly gate saying, Let's go Huskers and beat Iowa. I I I, I got to side with it. Did you, you read know? the full? Did you read the, Did you read the full obituary? Yes, it was incredible. When he's the calling out calls, was, was like, like he's calling out referee biases. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. It's so good. So good. So Glad okay. the memory was still there. Uh, I I actually think I like Nebraska yeah. too. I mean that we've had our fun. You guys have for sure have had your fun with Nebraska and, and Scott Frost, but they've been competitive oh, sure. in all these games. Like. For their win-loss record, they've actually played tough yeah. just about everybody. So uh, I think this is a chance to really salvage something and get the rivalry win. Uh, speaking of another rivalry win as well, in North Carolina with NC State as a six-point favorite over North Carolina, I just feel like that line's too big. I mean, I just don't I don't see North Carolina State as almost a touchdown favorite in this one. Mm, that's a tough one for me. I could see this one going either way. Um, NC State... I, 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 they're, they're pretty good, and they, they, they do like to cover. On the flip side, North Carolina, oh, yeah, they look good um, against Wake last week. Absolutely, that was a little – or not Wake, excuse me, Walford. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Clemson yeah. played Wake. Wake two weeks um, ago, though, when they when it was the shootout, it was 65 to like The 59. shootout, that's right. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago – they did look good. Um, big shootout. Put up a lot of points. Can NC State score with them? I don't know, but I, I could easily see the Wolfpack on the flip side playing well. And, and yeah, they're 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 a little bit of a, a Jekyll and Hyde. We've we've gone back and forth with NC State the past couple of weeks or a couple of years, excuse me. It's kind of a dance with them. So I, I, I'm staying away from that one. There, there's better ones on the board. I agree, uh, and not one of the better ones on the board is probably the would you say the saddest edition of the Apple Cup we've seen. 
Hundred percent, but it's still going to be filled with piss and vinegar, and I'm excited for it. It'll yeah. be, it'll be fun. Yeah. So I, I just I you know and, and I think heavy money too, on the Cougs coming in. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think part of it too is I mean we've we've looked at this before. Ever since Rolovich has been out, it's hard to find a coach that could run his offense. That's been a big part of it too. Washington's kind of in disarray. I just would rather this game yeah. be at Washington State because of the snow element of it. But you know, this mm-hmm. will still be pretty fun. Oh yeah, it, it's it's still going to be crappy weather. Yeah, that's for sure. And late night little treat. Sit back with some leftovers. Nice five o'clock Pacific game. And it, yeah, it'll it'll be fun. That 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 game never disappoints. Opened up at thirteen, which is pretty wild. And it, it's all the way down to one and one and a half. So yeah, maybe maybe a, a Washington money line pick, but mm-hmm. nah. All right, Sully, let's look at the Saturday start Saturday slate starting with the game, Ohio State, Michigan. Yes. Seven and a half for the Buckeyes. Um I love it. <laughs> this is they're on the road, don't care. My annual appointment to make Jim Harbaugh cry is here. And um yes. I'm just gonna savor it. I just think with how CJ Stroud is becoming one of the arguably Heisman co favorites, the offense is looking great. Um I think Michigan's going to probably move switch quarterbacks a little bit at some point to disrupt their own rhythm. Uh, Michigan will score, but Ohio State will score a lot more, and I, I like the Buckeyes winning. If I had to, if I had to call my shot for a score, I'd say about 45, 28, 34 range, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, I think about two scores as well. Um, yeah, I, you're right about that. Michigan will score on this Ohio State defense, but I, I, on the flip side, I don't think Hutchinson and Ojaba are going to have – as big of an impact as they normally have because that offense is so quick. They're going to be able to day and Stroud are going to be able to, to, to best receiver to room in the them. country, best receiver room in the best country. receiver room. Just get it out quick. Get it to your wide receivers that are so, so good. So, so fast. So, so uh, quick and able to score from anywhere on the field. And yeah, you get that. You just get it qu- quick out to Alave. Take the, that Michigan pass rush out of the game. And they'll be able to win by a couple of scores. I, I, I like the Buckeyes here for sure. I think it's a good one too. I think team total, like we've seen the last couple of weeks, has been huge for Ohio State. So just you know, find that number and, and, and pound on that one. Um, yep. Another one to also uh, point out as well as we look at this uh, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday slate. Excuse me. I just want to get your thoughts on the Vols at thirty-one point favorites against Vanderbilt. Should win. Yeah. We'll see about covering, but also just your oh, thoughts on the coming. season. The season itself. I mean. Hypos looked good. There's been there's been moments, but I feel like there's some there's something building here. Oh, 100 uh, percent. First off, South Alabama was uh, a closer spread than Vanderbilt, so let's just point that out there. That's how bad Vanderbilt is. Um, but the yeah, I, I, nothing but positives coming out of this season for Tennessee. It, going in, it, sure he he picked the wrong quarterback. It, Milton is a it, Milton pulled the wool over Harbaugh's yeah. eyes as well. So, and, and Harbaugh's a pretty damn good coach as we could see this year. So yeah, I, I, I think hooker just his development, he looks like a different quarterback in the system. They have an identity for the first time in so, so long, put up points, play bend, but don't break defense. And that's going to win a lot of games in the SEC. So once he gets his guys in, the recruiting's picking up and going into the year, I think can play in a bowl game for- too. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Told the NCAA to, to go shove it where sun don't shine, and which is what you should always do, even though they did they did uh, 
they didn't comply with the with our friends from Indianapolis. So we'll see where that ends up. But yeah, yeah, I think it's nothing but positive right now around the program, and it's it's something that we haven't seen for for I don't know probably since 2016. So definitely, it's, it's good yeah. vibes on Rocky Top. Definitely want to take advantage of this Florida maybe lull, you know, where we're not sure what's happening, oh, too. So this is a big to. deal, too. Um, no lull in Georgia. I think they're going to destroy Georgia Tech, like 34 and a half, yeah. whatever. It's uh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly might, for the might, Yellow Jackets. Might might push Collins out of the door there in Atlanta. That'd be, that'd be wild after a year, too. So, oh. year, too. Okay, so another bet that we love on Saturday, Texas A&M, LSU. A&M on the road mm-hmm. against LSU. Coach O's swan song. I don't, a lot I, of people are saying they're going to rally. I, I don't see it, man. No, no, I don't. I mean, this is not like a I'm retiring. No. <laughs> this is like a, exactly. a forced exit, you know? <laughs> a forced exit. He sucks. They <laughs> They only put up 27 points against ULM last week. Like this, this offense is dead. The the team doesn't care. They Arkansas. If they beat Arkansas, they uh, maybe. Coach, but yeah, they got pounded by on. Mississippi. Yeah. Pounded by uh, way to rally the troops against Bama there. Uh, but yeah, this this is going to be it's going to be bad. Uh, other games to look at, uh, Florida, Florida State, another sad addition to that one. Only two and a half for Florida. You also have Penn State after the Franklin deal getting just one point at Michigan State coming off of their just horrendous performance against the Buckeyes. So some interesting mm-hmm. lines there. I don't know that I want any action on them, but those are what directions no. are the programs going in. I mean, big one there. Penn State can kind of – I mean, if they lose this game to Michigan State, it's pretty much been a, a, a terrible year for them losing every single big game outside of Auburn. Um, I don't know. And man. I think they could. I yeah. think they could because I, I, I think that Ohio State offense is one of the best in the country, and they're going to do that to you. I would I would say take a prop if you're going to do anything on the Penn State side. Take a prop for Doxon and, and, and going over. Jahan Dotson, he's he's a stud and he's gonna he's gonna get his against this very porous Michigan State pass defense. But other than that, I shoot, I, I don't think they're they're gonna be able to take too much of an advantage. Clifford's been banged up and not hundred percent and clearly he hasn't been the same quarterback. So will they be able to, to take advantage of that hundred and thirtieth ranked pass defense as much as Ohio State? I don't think so. So I think this game's way closer than than what happened last week. I think Michigan State's gonna go out and prove that they've have a bad taste in their mouth and that bit last week was was an anomaly not the normal and i, I give them a i give them a shot here so I, I would i would stay away for sure one of the other ones we like is the alabama auburn over at 55 mm-hmm. and a half bama 19 yep. and a half point favorites they've actually not done a great job covering these big spreads this year so i would kind of be leery no. of that that's why i'm more on the oversight i think they're yeah. going to get their points mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to score a ton and Auburn, shoot, can move the ball even with Finley at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're gonna be able to get a, the two three scores in there. Bama's defense isn't yeah. exactly in a, um, the you know the the, the classic look from Saban right. this year. In a weird way, it's not as good. I mean, Bo Nix is more volatile. Like you're not gonna have the pick six potential. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so in a weird way, it doesn't help Alabama for covering this spread. Um, right. 
How about uh, your thought? I, oh, quick one, Notre Dame-Stanford, that's up to 19 and a half. I, I think Notre Dame has a good chance yeah, actually. Stanford Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stanford sucks. They are sure. bad. <laughs> they are bad, bad. What is going on up there? I don't know. Man. I don't David know. Shaw, one of my favorite coaches in the country. Come on, good sir. Yes, yeah. That is – when you get uh, run by Cal, dude, like – yeah, that game was never close. Forty-one to eleven to a three-win Cal team. So bad, so Ooh. bad. Um, let's see other rivalry games to quickly fly by. Arizona State is a, in the Territory Cup is uh, twenty-point favorites against the terrible Arizona team. Arizona State not exactly, you know, in good graces right now. Uh, this, no, Oregon, Oregon State is down to six and a half after Oregon's loss. I like Oregon State's team. They're 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 spunky, but. I'm not sure I like him under a touchdown. No, yeah, I think that 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 line shifted a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Oregon there. Anything under a touchdown there. I, I love Jonathan Smith and what he's done. I got to give a lot of credit to that that uh, that or, or the the um, the AD and and everybody up there in Corvallis for just trust in the process. Two wins, two wins, two wins, and then boom! Look at them right now. They're at seven and four. And they have a chance to beat their their arch rivals for the first time in a while. So, hats off to the Beans. Last one this week is Bedlam, of course. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, with a lot of implications on there. And uh, a lot of people playing the under, under 50 in this game. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that that's where we would be? Very, very un-Bedlam. I don't think, you know, 35-40 shootout type game. But, no, not this year. No. Uh, Oklahoma State four-point favorite. I'm completely staying away from this game. Who knows what to expect <laughs> in this one, but it should right, be fun. Right, but I, I really like that Oklahoma State defense. I don't trust any quarterback from Oklahoma to be able to move the ball against them. I mean, they, they've looked really good. I, I And I, I think at home is a big difference at the friendly confines. Sure, this, this series – it obviously has not been very kind to the Cowboys. I think it's like 90, 13, and 7 all time. Not good. So you got <laughs> no. that little nugget in the back of your head if you're a Cowboy fan. But I don't think on the field they're going to care too much. I, I, I would let, I, I, I'm staying away because there are better games that we've already talked about. But I'm, I'm picking pokes here. I pick them as well, but I the rivalry history scares me. Like I know there's yeah. different players in there, but we we've, we've seen this story before. They have to you know overcome that. Um, but no, this is a great great couple of days. Excited for it. We also saw we have an early line for uh, the SEC title game next week: Georgia and Alabama. Oh my god! You know what that is? You know what that sits at right now? Three minus three, Georgia. Four, close, very close. Four. Georgia minus four. We know that can shift this week. I don't really see it shifting that much this week. Maybe if Bama no. just runs Auburn, it gets down to three. But even a close Bama win, I mean, other than a loss, obviously, I feel like it's going to be in that range. So plenty of time yep. to discuss that that heavyweight fight. Uh, but I'm excited. Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm so excited for this weekend. And then going forward, Sully, pleasure chatting with you. Last thing, if you want to take your mm-hmm. take this time right now to clear your name of having nothing to do with the uh, New Jersey Devils, third jerseys, take the time to do oh, so. Oh, my God just a glorified practice jersey and the fact that marty brodeur played a large hand in designing these things man marty come on what are you doing to us you had the easy win and just flip the colors on the ones that we have now and that's all we wanted they've been 
Devils fans have been pining for a black third jersey since, like, I don't know, 2005? It's been forever. That they have. all these glorified practice jerseys out. It's been shock. It could have been such an easy win for Adidas right before the holidays. They, they would have sold out of them. I think they sold out of the third jersey last year, and it's the green one. So these ain't selling out. I can tell you that. So, ooh, yeah, it's ugly. But, hey, the team's good. They, they've, they've done the job, basically. We only got a week and a half, two weeks without Jack Hughes. They've held the line. They're still sitting in wild, uh, wild card area, and I'm happy with it. So you, you can't – I'll, I'll eat, eat a third jersey for, for the way they've played recently. So – well, all right, man. I uh, I think that that's that's fair. I, I I love how you didn't throw Marty under the bus too much because he's done so much for you. <laughs> oh, he's the goat. Yeah, I mean, come on, you, so, you gotta you gotta love the goat. But definitely a missed opportunity. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but Sully, appreciate you coming on talking college football. Best luck with everything. Absolutely, the, good uh, sir. Best on, of luck on the college football inquirer show. And uh, man, much appreciated. Godspeed with everything. We'll just have to win some money for the people out there. Thanks for coming on the show. That's right. Thanks for having me. And uh, everybody, enjoy eating turkey and getting fat and sassy watching football this weekend. Absolutely. Sean Sullivan on the Money Mitch Effect. Huge thanks to Sully for coming on, talking some college football bets. Still sad that we're already at this point, but rivalry week starting on Thanksgiving will be fun. Huge thanks to Sully for talking some college ball. Now we're going to switch gears. Joe Crisali talking NFL, talking NHL, what we like and dislike about each league, the football season, and uh, who's going to be making those playoff pushes there with the start of hockey season. And uh, the Seattle Kraken expansion, not off to a great start, but some other teams like his Rangers and surprisingly my Blue Jackets are doing okay. We talk hockey and football with Joe Crisali now on this Money Mitch Effect segment. Here it is. All right, now on the Money Mitch Effect, back again to talk our two big passions here on this show, football and hockey. It's Joe Crisali calling in. Joe, thanks for uh, joining me as we get ready to eat some food and uh, watch some pretty mediocre to bad football this Thursday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're not uh, too sober for that happening. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> tough. It's going to be tough to get through some of these games. Uh, the NFL season, 11 weeks into a uh, season that's going to actually last 18 weeks with the extra game. So have to preface it with that. Uh, we've talked football before, but this might be the first time this late in the year where we're just going to come out and say, like, there's no really elite teams yet. Like, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of mediocre teams, some bad ones, but I can't remember us going this far into the season without any truly great teams because when we think they're great they just lose to somebody bad i think that happened because the beginning of the year a lot of the teams that were out playing well were teams that were kind of a surprise like i mean there was one point where the Bengals were the number one team in the afc so we all knew that wasn't going to last and then you had the bills who we all thought were going to be the team to beat after the first few weeks we're like wow this team is really good i don't know who's going to compete with them and then they've kind of fallen back to earth and you got the Colts just beating teams up and the Titans losing to the Texans. But, I mean, nothing is necessarily shocking because this is around the time when things like that happen, when teams that are supposed to win games don't win games. Yeah. And so, like, any game is kind of really a toss-up for the most part because now we're kind of getting into, like, 
rivalry matchups and guys going up teams going up against you know their division mates and any 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 of these games are winnable by any team so yeah i agree with that i would also add you had the perfect storm of some injuries that brought some teams down earlier that are getting healthy and teams that just are dealing with the injury bug like the titans were the best team in the afc and i think for a lot of smart money would still be the best team if they still had derrick henry obviously that's a huge loss for anybody if you're the if you're the Titans, like, how do you come back from that? I mean, well, that, you know, I you know lose, you just you have to survive. Yeah, I mean, because you you're not you're you're not going to go do anything. You're not. Get, I mean, right? Like, they're not going to accomplish anything in, in the playoffs unless he's back. Maybe he's back for the playoff run. It's going to be tough, but I mean, because Tannehill obviously isn't the same quarterback without Derrick Henry in there. Like we saw it against Houston of all teams. Yeah, so you lose him. Julio has really kind of been a shell of himself all year, but still you lose a top-notch wide receiver like that. And, I mean, I don't know how they overcome that stuff. If you're you're losing at home to the the Texans, then... And let's look at the AFC. Yeah, exactly. Let's look at the AFC because the Chiefs and Bills were like the two standard teams the last couple years, and that's probably why we're looking at this a little differently. The Chiefs are actually back probably. I mean, I, it's so funny how quick narratives can change. Like, it went from they're the best team in the league preseason to what's wrong, disaster, everybody's bad, Mahomes isn't the same, to now we're already, we're not even to week 12. They're 7-4 and four and they're already back in, you don't want to say the driver's seat, but they're back into a position of being one of the best teams in the conference again. And oddly enough, I mean, their defense is what's gotten them to this point. Because their offense still, I mean, they didn't score any touchdowns in the second half of this game, but their defense is finally back to being even above average. Like, I I thought mediocre was what they were going to strive to do, but the thing, Joe, with this defense is it doesn't have to be elite. It has to have a pass rush because we know the secondary has holes in it. So Chris Jones and Frank Clark in that Cowboys game, they were the difference makers. And if they're going to play at this level, they are absolutely back in the hunt and back in uh, you know in the position because like we were just talking about for the Titans, this number one seed, the the exclusive number one seed with that bye, it's going to be wide open down to the final final regular season game. And how are we not talking about the New England Patriots right now? I mean, I I hear you, but beginning of the year, I hear everybody you. Everybody wrote them off. It's Mac Jones, it's Bill Belichick, it's that defense, that team. Everybody kind of wrote him off at the beginning of the year, but it's not like a rookie quarterback and a bunch of new players are going to come in and everyone's just going to click right away. It's going to take some time, and they kind of have hit their stride here. And I'm really liking my preseason paths to win the AFC East bet, so that's looking pretty good. Well, is it looking good? or It's looking promising. I'm not going to say good because those two games against Buffalo, like let's just see how they play out, you know? Like I, I know in Buffalo is taking a step back and they have had, had a really rough stretch here. I think those are going to be huge games, obviously, for the division and for the conference. The thing with the Patriots are you're right on one sense is that their defense might be the best in all football. Like they're that good. They're that elite. Belichick has them running uh, as a well-oiled machine. I still want to see Mac Jones, and not just to, to, to throw shade at Mac Jones, but any young quarterback, even not even just rookies. This is the first time he's going to be playing some meaningful football in the NFL. Let's just see how it goes before we crown him and this team. Because I know the Tom Brady not, comparisons are nice, but you know, let's just let's see him in these big games now that he's got some expectations. 
I'm not necessarily crowning them. I mean, but to your point, they got the the Colts and the Bills coming up. So, like you said, we'll see what they're actually made of when when the outcome of those games are reached. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I have I have confidence in them because they've been underdogs and smart money's on the Patriots. And to me, like, it's like this team that as long as Belichick's there, you can't really count them out at all in any scenario. But like you said, with the Chiefs, they're back up there. So you're really looking at I'm Chiefs, Ravens, Patriots, Titans, maybe the Colts, if they can keep going the way they're going with Jonathan Taylor playing the way he's playing, which is just absurd. RIP if you went against him in fantasy this absurd, week. Absurd. Um, absurd. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the Colts. I'm glad you brought up the Colts because they started the leagues. They started the year so poor. They lost a close game to the Titans, which was their fifth loss. They've been winning ever since. And it's basically like, don't screw it up, Carson Wentz, right? Because I've always loved this defense. I thought Frank Reich was a good play caller, and Taylor has turned into, since Henry's gone down, the best running back in all football and an MVP candidate. As long as Wentz doesn't do stupid things, this is one of the top teams. I would say top three or four teams in the AFC, the where they're playing and, and the way they can play. Um, but again, do I have faith in the quarterback? Absolutely not. So I guess we'll just have to see. They are a team nobody wants to play, though. I think we can agree on that. Right now, yeah, they're a team nobody wants to play. But they, we are forgetting that they gave up, what, 30, 40 points to the Jets with when they had Josh Johnson starting quarterback. So they're not as well-rounded of a team as they could be. And like you said, there's a lot on Carson Wentz's shoulders there. And he's proven in the past that he can't handle that. So we'll see what happens there. But all they got to do is feed Jonathan Taylor, and they should be okay. And how crazy is that, that we got the two best running backs in the league in the same division? Like, that's going to be awesome to watch once Henry's back. It is. And uh, the Ravens got to that. The other team you mentioned, the Ravens, they got to 7-3 and three without Lamar Jackson even playing. I don't think this is a – let's put it this way. Like, of all the rosters we've talked about, I would probably put them last on the totem pole. But Lamar is a special is a special talent, obviously, and and this team knows how to win close games. They've been doing it for a while, so I guess if we're going to talk how about how many, the, yeah, how well, many close games? You know, can can you get down to the wire? You're not going to yeah. win every single one of them. It's just like in the NBA, you're not going to hit every game winning shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's yeah, I guess it's there's two ways to look at it, right? Like, and it's the same with the Belichick argument, right? Like he's been in this situation so much that you trust these guys that have been there before, but. The counter is a great point. Like you can't just win close every single time because you're eventually going to get burned. I we're just pointing out the fact that there's no team that's head and shoulders above the rest. Like all the teams we just talked about in the AFC, I mean they could all make a run to the Super Bowl and it wouldn't shock us. Even the even the Colts, like with, the Colts wouldn't even shock me at this point because nobody has really stood out to that elite level. It's true, but if we're talking one thing and you're talking defense, who's got the best defense right now? You said yeah. it. Yeah, Bills aren't far off though. I mean, the Bills are the Bills defenses are. I mean, because with with what obviously the Taylor performance is one thing, but I think the Bills defense is pretty good too. So <laughs> the Bills defense is great. They just give up five touchdowns to one player, and they're totally great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen. They've I mean, look, that's that's kind of the league that we've seen this year, where every team has been. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure just about every team's had a clunker in there. So, except for the Patriots. So. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Joe Crisale here on the Money Mitch Effect. You know who's not in that in that group of teams that we just mentioned is the Cleveland Browns, because I am just so <laughs> over. I'm just, this is the jumping off point, right? Because this is going to be the moment in time where 
you say, wow, Mitch, you were right about Baker. Like this is when you first just started to cut ties. Or, man, you were so wrong. Like how funny. Remember it was when you doubted him and uh, he proved you wrong? I hope I'm proven wrong. But right now, I mean, I know he's injured, but it's just not good. And you paid Case Keenum $7 million to be the third highest paid backup in all football, backup quarterback, but you won't play him. There's no way he could be worse than what you're seeing at quarterback now. Um, you know, this team is uh, on, off- on offense. Is Keenum's played some meaningful football the last few years. He's won some big games for some With teams, Stefanski but, as um, a coach. Stefanski was the coordinator yeah. you know, in Minnesota. So, Yeah, so you it sounds like you want to see that happen. But we're talking about the Browns' last place in the North right now. <laughs> like, they were being talked about as AFC contenders at the beginning of the year, and now they're behind yeah. the lowly Steelers of all I mean, teams. It is, it is like a game and a half out of first, so I will say that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not good. They've, they've underperformed their last two uh, home games with the Pittsburgh game and now this one, and it's been the offense not able to get going. I know Baker's got the shoulder injury. I, I hate how he's handled the media, him and his wife in the media. I, I do not like that at all. But the labrum is not going to heal on rest. Now, his leg and you know him being you know injured all over the place, that stuff's going to heal. But he's going to need surgery in the offseason. I just, at a certain point, you're hurting your team. And I think that's that's my problem and why I think they need to, to see Keenum in there. Yeah, my dog agrees as you yeah. hear him barking. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> of course. But, of course. Uh, and you got you got Baltimore twice coming up here at Baltimore, and then a bye, which is a much needed bye. And then you got Baltimore again, <laughs> and then it doesn't get much easier throughout the last stretch of the season for you. I mean, Vegas—they're no pushover for sure. At Green Bay, at Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, like it's going to be some tough sledding for your Browns moving forward here. Got to get a split. Got to get a I mean, split, you, you know, with the Ravens two the and three. By three. We beat Tim, Tim Boyle, Boyle by three. <laughs> yeah, the, the quarterback for the Lions, Tim Boyle, seventy-seven yards, two picks, and he only lost by three points. So, if that tells you anything about your brownies this year, Nick Chubb though, he's mm-hmm. a baller. Yeah, just give him the ball a little more. Uh, and Kareem Hunt obviously hurt this team not being there. Uh, as well. All right. In the NFC, I, I do want to talk about this, Joe. We've, we've wondered who the best team in the NFC is. And, um, you know, with the Cowboys and Packers both losing, I think we have to put the Cardinals in that position right now, at least based on what they've done, showing a lot of resolve winning without Colt, with without Kyler Murray, with Colt McCoy at quarterback. I think, I think this team, Arizona is never going to have the benefit of the doubt, right? Until they win. Like we, like we've been talking about, like they haven't, really had any playoff success recently so that's why I think we're kind of slow to kind of crown them when you have some of the you have the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world out there but you have to give credit to the Cardinals for at least competing when they don't have their their MVP candidate in there it's really hard to crown them you know Mm -hmm. like you said they haven't been great over the last couple years and right now without their starters it's tough but like you said they they're winning some games they won at Seattle here much needed win for Seattle that they didn't get but they got the bot they're on a bye now there's their schedule's not too rough after their bye but um they're still going to be competing with the Rams I think for that top that top team the Rams dude the Rams are a mess the Rams are a mess man and like we can pick flaws in all these teams in the NFC you know Tampa Green Bay Dallas they all look like they've had vulnerabilities um but 
the, the Rams Arizona are a, doesn't feel like it's Arizona doesn't feel like a team you can trust. I, I get you. I, I get you. And, and I understand that from a race for the conference. I'm just saying they might win the division almost by default with how the Rams are kind of looking on the soft side recently. Um, and the Rams, I mean, they have what? They have the Packers coming up. Do I have that right? I think that might be the next game. So. Yep, at Green Bay. But <laughs> I mean, then they get a nice cakewalk against the worst team in the league with Jacksonville afterwards. So, But then they head to Arizona. So we'll see how the Rams look. But they're coming off a bye. You always got to love a team coming off a bye. And, I mean, Rams added Odell. So you can attest to <laughs> what that does to the team. Yeah, it's going to ruin the locker room. It was tough. It was tough watching that Niners game when they just got absolutely destroyed. Like, they were just embarrassed. They just got bullied all over the field. They had no shot. And the guys that they were depending on to put to put their next foot forward, like the beginning of the year I talked about Van Jefferson possibly being a guy that takes a, a next step in his, in his second year. He was dropping mm. passes left and right towards the end of that game. Dropped an easy touchdown. He dropped like a 20-yarder over the middle of the field. Like in times when, yeah, the game was pretty much out of hand, but you still want to see them try to win the game or at least try to come back and make it a, a competition. But um, you could tell Stafford's been frustrated. Um, his offensive line has been falling apart. They've just been getting run all over on the defensive side. They haven't been able to stop anybody. Um, Von Miller got absolutely embarrassed in that nine yeah. game. Got oh, ab- yeah. just completely planted. Um, By Kittle. So that uh, makes the Broncos look good, I it's, guess, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, I... All these teams are, are still trying to separate themselves. I think the Cowboys just had a bad performance. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, a lot of issues there. Receiving cores decimated. I thought Green Bay, Minnesota was one of the best regular season games of the year. I mean, that was just exciting oh, to watch. That game, that Minnesota victory got me a win in my, my pick em pool. Nice. So that was awesome. Well, Rodgers, some of the throws he was making is incredible. And Kirk Cousins, I mean, people aren't paying attention to it. 21 touchdowns and two picks this year. I mean, this is the best he's ever played. <laughs> he's had other years where he's... Violet. I mean, Minnesota... Like uh, This is one of the things I wanted to do before we wrap this up because I know you look at the playoff picture and you look at the division races and you know you can make a case that all these NFC divisions are, are kind of led by the teams that are going to win them. But we have to pick seven playoff teams this year. And you know Minnesota, I think, it, 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 they would be my team once we if we put the Rams in as well. I would probably put the most confidence in them making it as one of the last two teams because they've been winning by a touchdown in every single game. They've blown a couple of them, but I kind of, I mean, this offense uh, statistically, I think it's the best offense in football passing and running combined. So they can do some good things on offense and the D's getting a little better. Um, Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot They're They're, they're exciting when they win or when they lose, they're an exciting team. Don't tell any Vikings fans that you said this, though, because well, they you, will never let you win. The, I win mean, that who, down. who would you pick, though? Like, honestly, if you have to pick two more playoff teams in the NFC right now, who would you say? Who's, like, who's out right now? Or like, who who, who gets like, your final two right. spots? If we assume Cowboys, Packers, Tampa, Arizona, and Rams are all in, who are your yeah. last two? It's crazy with that extra team. Um, I like... I like San Francisco. Wow, I think I, I think they they're really, my other team. I think I agree with you there. I like San Francisco. I, I might have to. I might have to side with you on Minnesota. I don't. I don't like New Orleans. I mean, maybe Philly. But yeah. See, the, I, I was wanna, thinking I Philly too. 
I want to watch uh, Philly just break people's hearts because <laughs> be nice. I personally cannot stand people from Philly, and I'm in a fantasy league <laughs> with all people from Philly, and they're all terrible. So if they're listening to this, I hope they hear it because they're all terrible. <laughs> I think Jalen Hurts has looked like a great quarterback the last couple weeks. I've I've always criti- I've often criticized him for being a good stats guy and not an actual good QB guy, but he's proven me wrong the last couple weeks. We'll see if it keeps going. And Darius Slay has been amazing, and he's thrown his hat into the best. Uh, defensive player of the year for this year with all the touchdowns he's scored. But I think the Niners getting healthy. It's I think, all, yeah. It's all chalking up, though. Philly going on this run. Giants looking like garbage as usual. But next week, Eagles play the Giants in New York. Hmm. I'm picking the Giants. You're picking the team that just, that just fired Jason Garrett, has Freddie Kitchens calling plays now and had a quarterback just throw a, an interception right to a defensive lineman that's who you're picking yeah okay it looked it looked really good to me <laughs> all right you saw but enough saying, you saw enough you're like yep that, that's that, the team that, um, well they, they got rid of that <laughs> okay yeah daniel jones is still there it's but kinda, okay all right <laughs> it's kind of i guess you're making a point about pretty kitchens but it just seems like it's one of those things where everybody's on this wagon for these teams that they've won a couple games here and there, just like everybody was all over picking the Packers to beat the Vikings last week. But like you said, the Vikings had the best offense in the NFL, in your opinion. But like you said, with Kirk Cousins, 21 TDs, two picks, like what are you going to say against that? And they've played pretty well. So there's no reason to say that the Packers with a quarterback with turf toe is better than that team. Um, granted, it went to the final buzzer, but I don't know. I I feel like it could be it could be Eagles in the hmm. in the playoffs there, but I don't. I'm not going to tout them there. I'm I'm with you on on Minnesota and San Francisco. We'll have to see um, how it shakes out, see, man. I don't see any teams below them pumping up. Like Washington, no chance. Carolina, no chance. The Cam Newton comeback trail was fun while it lasted for those four plays in yeah. last week's the two weeks ago these games but last week he was cam newton so um yeah yeah he can run he's great on the goal line package but uh he still doesn't really have the arm to uh keep it going in uh normal normal down and distance all right joe Crisali, money mitch effect let's uh let's switch gears let's talk a little hockey right now um and i want to preface this we're recording this on tuesday and uh, we'll have to see because it's it's about that time. You know, it's about that time in the week when Connor McDavid does something ridiculous. He's playing right oh now. So uh, this isn't every – I mean, let's just talk about him first. 18-game point streak to start the season. Uh, second in points to his teammate, Dreisaitl, at 32 points. Um, just a monster. And every – I mean, I know you felt it with the Rangers game, but every week he's doing something ridiculous out there. <laughs> like, I, it's just comical at this point. It's – um. He's incredible to watch. Is it that he is that amazing, or is it that the defenders that he's going against are just that terrible? But you can't even really say that because when he's digging them left and right, he's literally splitting like three defensemen at one time and just putting the puck at the net. He's also incredibly fast, and oh, his edges like he—he's unstoppable. It's insane that they have him and Drysdale on the same team. Like, yeah, Connor McDavid is is the best player I, I've seen. 
Yeah, we weren't around for like, Prime Gretzky or or even really Prime Lemieux. Like those would be the only two at this point. Um, yeah, I I'm mean, I'm not going to say he's better, but no, and I, he's the best that I. There's faster players in a dead sprint, not many, but there are a few. But it's what he can do with his edges, with the puck at that speed, his finishing touch. He's the total package, and yeah, I mean, this is look. We've done this with the Oilers before. They actually look like they have a good team. They're getting performances uh, from their back end, especially. But, Joe, the Battle of Alberta for this division might be what we see here. Vegas doesn't get it going because you have Flames and Oilers. We were wrong about the Flames. Got to admit, at least early on, Flames and Oilers are, uh, are you know, just a, uh, a point apart with Edmonton with a few games in hands. Vegas uh, starting the division a little slow. But this could be good. And, you know, those games are going to be heated. Daryl Sutter, he, he got it done with the Kings. He's getting it done with the Flames. And, uh... Those two teams from Alberta, Canada, are at the top of that division. I'll say about the Knights, though. We they're still in the technically in the playoffs. Yeah, it's plenty right of time. Now, Pl- so plenty of time. It's there is like still the beginning of the year. Like Mark Stone missed a handful of games to start the year. He's only played in seven, and they get him kicking and him start start. He starts playing well. I mean, I, I, Vegas is going to be a hard team to beat. And then you also look at, like, Colorado. Like, they haven't been amazing so far this year. They had a great game last night. Um, they 7-5 to five against Ottawa. I mean, you look up, it's 5-5 five, five versus Ottawa. You're like, what the hell is going on? But they've scored seven goals two games in a row. Now, yeah. Granted, yeah, they've only played 15, though. I mean, they've only played 15 games, so they have time. They have games in hand on everybody, and they have time to just go to the top of that division. Um, we've, we've been surprised, though. Like, there's teams that have surprised us this year. Pacific, specifically, like mm. I told you to watch out for Anaheim. Yeah, I like that young team. Yeah, Troy I Terry do. is incredible. He is he is like a future All Star type. He should be on the Olympic team in twenty twenty two. He for the U S. Um, what was yeah. that point streak? He had a point in like every single game except for this last game. Was yeah. The, November twenty second was the last time he didn't score. No, he was cooking. Point, but... He was cooking, and and we we both kind of called the uh, jumping off the Vancouver bandwagon because uh, they're gonna just implode. Quinn Hughes is like the only good player left. It seems like because like you know whatever happened to Pedersen, you play fantasy hockey, he's just not producing anymore. I think they're gonna fire the GM and the coach before this season's over, uh, and then the Kraken, of course, having the uh, traditional franchise expansion start to a uh, hockey team being in last place it's it's tough because i like we we went to i shot the home opener for the kraken and then we went to the kraken rangers game luckily got hooked up with tickets for that and like worked the first game but i look at like the ticket prices and i'm just like yo i'm not trying to spend 150 bucks to go watch a 5 and 12 hockey team lose a game like you know like i love hockey but like Mm -hmm. it's a little little steep I'm just kind of waiting for the um, allure to wear off a little bit. I mean, five and twelve is pretty rough, especially when they didn't do anything. Like you just compare Vegas, how Vegas started out. They made all these trades. They they made all these maneuvers. They got all these players from other teams, and then they traded them away for more picks, and then they traded those picks for better players, and they just yeah. made all these different changes, and they did all these things to kind of circumnavigate the system and make the perfect team. I mean, they struck gold a lot, too. I mean, I I get that, but they also kind of struck gold. They had Flurry sitting there, and the Penguins had to get rid of him. They had, you know, they they 
they had some good fortune in that, but they were more aggressive. You're right. I just, I think this is more of the traditional thing, and I do think they have pieces that at the deadline, if they're going to, looks like they're going to be sellers that can build them up for a, for a quicker turnaround than just a long, slow rebuild. Because the worst thing you could they have just, is an old aging team with no with no hope. I think there is some hope here for the Kraken. Like their roster is not old no, and they're pathetic. Good. It's no, it's not. But they just said we're this is the team these are the players we're getting this is our logo and this is our stadium and enjoy it here and we will rebuild immediately after this first year which yeah it's fine but like it's just it's fine because that's what happens to expansion teams for the most part but like seattle people this is what they deal with constantly and now i i live lived here for four years i'm like how do you like how do you people root for this this is like these organizations, they act like they're these small market teams and they can't, you know, spend big money on players and they can't do all these things. I'm like, I just feel like I'm looking around at all this stuff and it just seems lazy to me. Like you see a team like Vegas go do all that stuff and they make all these moves and they do all these team, these things and they go to the Stanley cup in the first year. And then you get this team is five and 12. But like, yeah, I'm still going to buy a Jersey. Like the logo is dope as hell. Like, you know, it's just hard because you want to. I hear you. You want to root for a team like that to do well. I don't know. I'm just going on like a tangent here, but like, it's just no, tough. Makes sense. I, I will just say though that this is Vegas is the total exception. Columbus, Nashville, even Minnesota. Like these these franchises didn't just walk right to the playoffs. Like let's just let's give it at least another full season. If after two years it seems like it's going nowhere, then we can revisit this. But come on. I mean, there's teams that haven't made the playoffs for way longer than before the Kraken showed up. So, um, I get yeah, it. for sure, I get it's it. frustrating. But hey, my real team, I know we can. All right, all right. Awesome. Eastern Conference. I know your real team has been awesome. Uh, first, got to give props to uh, the two teams at the top of the conference, Florida and Carolina, who we were both bullish on. But I, I would say, I would say this, Joe. I'm more surprised by Florida's sustained success, also having to having had fired Quinville. And having had issues in net, we thought was going to be the big thing, but Borovsky's playing good again. Uh, I'm more surprised by what Florida's doing at the top of the Atlantic. Carolina in the Metro, not surprised. Got to see them play in person on Saturday. Uh, The goaltending has been okay. Could be a little better, but they've got the most offensive firepower this team's had in a long time. So that would be my take on those two teams. Both very dangerous, and I would say, you know, being in the Metro Division as a Ranger fan, Carolina's scary. It's uh, it's tough trending over here in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you got, like you said, the Panthers. I think they're first in goals scored. Yeah, they're first in goals scored. Toronto's played well. Carolina looks pretty ridiculous. But, I mean, they got some players, man, that have just been putting out this year, playing really well. And the worst part about all of it. So many Rangers. The, hur- <laughs> the worst part about the Hurricanes playing yeah. so well is seeing yeah. Tony, Tony D'Angelo with 16 points here in 17 games because that guy was a cancer to the Rangers well, locker room. I was, nobody, I, nobody I, wanted him on the team. Yeah, the I, thing was they just, yeah, they just yeah. let him go like instead mm-hmm. of trying to you know actually mm-hmm. do something with it. Like, And the thing is, it was deciding between D'Angelo and keeping the backup goalie Georgiev, Georgiev um, or Georgiev, I'm pretty sure that's how, you, how they say it on MSG, but um, that was that's tough, but I really like the deep pairings and everything that the Rangers have got going. They really kind of put some more faith in um, 
uh, Keandre Miller, and he's a big dude. Like he's got a lot of reach, and he's he's you know he's playing really well. He's on the ice with Panarin. They kind of know like what where they're going to be, what they're going to do. They're really fun to watch. And Adam Fox is just he's ridiculous. so good, like, man. Oh, he's so he's good. So good. And then you got and you got guys like uh, I know Kako had a really rough start to the year, and everybody was kind of talking like, why is this guy still getting all this ice time? Probably because of his draft pedigree, but he's kind of turned it around late lately. Lafreniere, you haven't seen anything from him. Um, the D has been great. Lindgren has been awesome. I just really love the brand of hockey that they've been playing. They play hard, and there really isn't like a you know any a, a hole that I necessarily see on them. Shesterkin is amazing mm. in that. Like the kid is ridiculous. Yeah, and Zibanejad I... hasn't had an awesome year, but like, I mean. They're, everybody is doing what they need to do right now. Chris Kreider kind of having a, a breakout, I guess you could say, 13 goals already this year, which is ridiculous for him. It's, it's a fun roster. It's a fun team. I think we're, you're at that stage where it's all new and exciting, and, and this is a playoff caliber team. We'll see what happens when they get there. I would say the only the only issue there, I mean, back-end depth besides Fox, it could be a little tougher on D. Um, and then... Are they as tough as they need to be to kind of grind out some wins, some big regular season? They wins? were, they yeah. were. The, the issue is they so they trade Bushnevich for Sammy Blay, I mean. and everybody's mm-hmm. talk, yeah, everybody's talking about they lost some toughness the, in that deal. The Blues, the Blues win the trade, they get the better player, but Sammy Blay was doing exactly what yeah. the Rangers needed him to do. Losing him for the year is actually pretty tough for yeah. them. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen, hey, uh, who's going to fill that hole. I think the Metro division is going to be the most fascinating, not just because we're all invested in it. Of all the division races, it's going to have a lot of momentum changes. Because if you look at the Atlantic, right, like I think we can just immediately cross off the bottom three teams. Like Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo are not going to make the playoffs. I think Boston. Montreal we definitely missed on. How do you go from – Montreal. I feel like we didn't. I have to look back at the tape. I feel like we were both like they're not going to. I I don't think I had them in, but definitely not this bad. But uh, no, Carey Price also to start the year. That's huge for a team that doesn't really score enough goals. Um, Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Suzuki really hasn't taken that next step either. I think Boston is going to. I mean, they've got five games in hand on Detroit. I think they're going to get to the four spot and push for a playoff spot. Florida, Toronto, who's looked amazing with Jack Campbell in that. It's been a great story. And then Tampa, I think they're pretty locked into the top three with Boston kind of teetering at that four spot. But you look at the Metro division, you right now it goes Hurricanes, Capitals, Rangers. Ovechkin's going to score goals till he's like 65 or something stupid. But I yeah. think, look, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to make their push. I've actually been impressed with how Columbus has competed, Joe. I'm still not. I was uh, waiting. I was waiting. This is not a playoff and that's team. That's without their top goal scorer. Right. That's it, without their top goal scorer. Right. Dude. And condolences to Patrick Line. I know his dad passed away recently. Uh, condolences to him. And they've had injuries, Joe. They've had issues. I don't think this is a playoff roster, but I am very impressed with how they compete under their coach Larson because that's what you look for for this team on the up and up, right? Are they competing at the high level before the talent evens out? So, I'm not saying playoffs. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you mad props though because yeah. I texted you. I can't remember what day it was, and I was like, "Who's who's the next up and coming Blue Jackets player? I will pick them up right now in fantasy." And you were like, "Cole Sillinger is the guy right now," and there's some other dude you told me. Uh, it was probably the rush. Well, it was Bean at first, Shinnikov. but then yeah, Shinnikov was the other you one. Yeah. So you told me you told me Sillinger, so I immediately went 
I was so I was down by one goal going into Sunday, and the dude scored two goals, and I won that category, and I won the game. You're welcome, man. Hey, the kid's uh, a local. He was actually born in Columbus because his dad happened to be playing on the team. But then, you know, he didn't really grow up there. But um, that was part of the Seth Jones trade. That looks better and better each day <laughs> with, with for the Blue Jackets. So. Yeah, Chicago is a mm. team that we were we mm. were like, oh, they're going to be good this year. Mm. I will say, though, Seth Jones puts up some points in fantasy hockey, so I'll yeah, take that. Yeah, he does. But, but we didn't know what was going to be breaking with all that stuff. I mean, that's hard to predict. Um, the team we haven't talked about is the Islanders. I mean, that's I know you're loving to see them struggle. I just think that they will be in the playoff position. Like I'm not what they've had to deal with with their long road trip because of the stadium not being ready, like a 13 game road trip to start the season, and then having this COVID outbreak where the league wouldn't you know delay the game. I think they're going to be crashing the party, and they're going to be the team that runs up the uh, the ranking. So. Not counting them out yet, but it's been a brutal start for the Islanders, much to your delight. Oh, it's uh, we were both talking about them as cup contenders, so there's going to be a moment in time when they make that push for sure, and sadly, it might be your team that dips down for them, so we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think so. I mean, look, yeah, like I said, I, I actually think that Hurricanes, Capitals, Rangers look like, I mean, they look like surefire playoff teams. I think you've got to throw the Islanders in that race. After that, you know, does a team like the Penguins make a move? It could be, I mean, look, we're back to the old format, right? We very well see five Metro Division teams make the playoffs. It wouldn't shock either of us. We could. It wouldn't shock me either. Yeah, I mean, like, but if you get okay, think about this, though. Think about this. If you get the Rangers in the playoffs, and then the playoffs don't include the Islanders, Flyers, and Devils. It, it's oh. like the happiest day of your life. Imagine. I mean, I will, yeah. I will print that photo of those standings, and I'll just put it. I will frame it and put it on my wall. Oh my gosh! And you could throw the Penguins in there somehow. I mean, my God, yeah, you could die a happy man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a fun start to the season. Um, before I let you go, uh, one final just note on this hockey season and how we've started here, which is twenty-one, twenty-two games to start the year i do think they're going to actually rename the uh the trophy the mvp the Connor mcdavid invitational <laughs> i mean there's no reason he doesn't get it so. right like how how is he not going to win i mean there's going to be the fatigue I'm factor like, but do you think a player like adam fox could win a defenseman okay so here's my uh here's my thought i mean we, you weren't the first person to bring that up I think he's got a chance in his career. Like, not this year. Like, the only way this is going to happen is the McDavid fatigue or he has an injury again and, you know, he misses some time. But I think it's possible. But I think the problem is for him to do it, Joe, he's got to be better on the defensive end. Not that he's bad, but he has to be that complete two-way player. And I just don't see it yet. I think it's. I think he's got the best chance of any defenseman to do it. It's just become a forwards award. The last defenseman to win this award was Chris Pronger in 2000. And the stat that just keeps blowing my mind with this is everybody talks about plus-minus. Like, you know, you don't get a plus for a power play goal. You don't get a minus for a, a shorthanded goal. Pronger's plus-minus in 2000 when he won the MVP was 52. <laughs> like, and I just, I That's mean. That's a hefty number. <laughs> yeah, he did it all that year. Uh, I think Fox could be a finalist in the near future but to win the award as a defenseman any defenseman's going to be tough especially with what McDavid's doing what Dreisaitl's doing um, you know and I think I think it's going to be tough but maybe I mean we'll see I mean McDavid 
I totally agree, but I, I think he still deserves to be talked about in that conversation. Have you got the jersey yet? Oh, it's not it's not yet, but that's the one. That's he, the one. Young American defenseman, second coming of Brian Leach. God, your Rangers are, are, are rolling now. So Yeah, number we'll twenty three. I'll take that. Hey, Joe Crisali, appreciate you coming on the uh, Money Finch Effect, talking NFL and talking some NHL. Uh, best of luck with everything. Happy, obviously, Thanksgiving. And uh, try to, uh, you know, root your Rangers to, su- to sustain success. I will do that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm going to be feasting on Thursday for sure. And uh, I will also be low-key rooting for the Kraken to have a quietly good comeback here. Okay. Because it's fun when the city is bumping. Okay. I'm going to have to. And you got to root for those players. They're nice guys. Those yeah. players are all nice guys. They're all playing hard. They're trying. So I know I bash a little earlier, but like, you know, it's territory. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate uh, your, your devotion to the city that you live in, even though it's not your main team. But uh, thank you again uh, for coming on the show. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. That's it for this week's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to Sean Sullivan and Joe Crisali for appearing. Connor McDavid actually did not have a point last night. I don't know what's wrong with him first time all season, but uh, some good hockey going on there. Good football throughout the weekend as well. We mentioned it, college football rivalry week and the NFL. And uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. You can catch every episode of The Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. All your podcast platforms were there, and I'm on the... uh, Facebook page as well, Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. Check that out, as well as follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. There'll be more to recap and discuss next week. A lot of football, a lot of hockey, some basketball news, some tennis. Maybe we'll, we'll get into some off-season baseball. Whatever happens in the sports world, we've got you covered. Everybody out there, have a great Thanksgiving. This was the Money Mitch Effect. For everybody that was on this show and that's part of it, both uh, in front of the microphone and behind the scenes, thank you. I'm Mitch Michaels, and I will talk to you next week. Keep enjoying sports.